0: Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes, the only podcast out there guaranteed to cure your marketing blues. I'm Sam Chapman, your co-host and disembodied intro voice, joined as always by our intrepid CMO, Mr. Ed Briall Ed, who do we have on the horn today?
1: Lindsay Tischgart, a marketing executive. She's been through several brand integrations, rebrandings, um, leads, m a efforts and has an extremely high figure it out factor.
0: Yeah, I'm really psyched about this one, um, the figure it out factor, but also because a lot of what she talks about is in my wheelhouse. As we talk a lot about Big B brand and how it's more than pretty logos and creative, it's, it's really the story that you tell. And I think someone on this show actually said, story is the logic of the mind. And if you can extrapolate that to what Lindsay's talking about, it's how your brand is perceived from a consumer's perspective. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Absolutely, and how you get there, we actually unpack in the talk, the sequence of steps, which I think is really, I'll call it the art of the rebrand, looking at uh, ways to do things like removing yourself completely, sort of revisiting your mission, your vision, your values, who's your ideal customer, And then getting into brand components, uh, really getting deep within a customer base to ask questions of who the brand is and come back out and relaunch in the market.
0: A lot of good stuff to unpack. So uh, let's get out of here and get into the Cheat Code Studio. Here we go.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes. My name is Ed Briant, CMO at Aprimo and host of Cheat Codes, and I'm really excited today to have a veteran marketer, leader SVP of marketing right now, uh, Lindsay Tischgart. Lindsay, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, great to be here. Thanks, Ed.
1: So I want to hear a lot about you. You've got a really interesting journey of how you got where you are, and you've been through some really interesting times uh, in the world of SaaS, B2B, integration of brands, You've got some really cool cheat codes to drop, and we're going to unpack that today for the audience. But before we do, take us back to the beginning on you, and we want to hear a little bit about you, your career arc, and how you got here today.
2: Yeah, that's great. So I started out in the PR world, um, started out working with brands like Travelocity, Microsoft, AMD, and then as well as dabbling in a bit of entertainment properties, Austin City Limits, some other music venues, South by Southwest. Um, that PR world, as I try to escape from it, you know, now and definitely not the place that I'm headed back. But it was great entry point. Um, agency life was client relationships, multitasking, a lot of writing, and a lot of storytelling. And I think that mindset is critical for marketers. You know, I used to wake up every day wondering what my clients were going to ask about, but also thinking through the message: Why should somebody care? What's the best way to reach our audiences? So. Um, I left that PR agency life, kind of moved in to support a bunch of emerging brands. These were companies that had, you know, in many cases had no marketing uh, support. So that just opened my world into the, the variety of marketing uh, roles and opportunities. Um, then about four years ago, I probably longer than that, four or five years ago, and a C- CEO that I'd worked with, one of my clients. Um, he convinced me to leave that consulting side and come run marketing as yeah. a startup. And, and now the, the
1: problem... The problem now becomes yours versus yes, somebody else. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, you keep thinking when you're on the PR side or the agency side, you get little glimpses, but you never get the full story and you have no, you really can't put yourself in the shoes of somebody. And so it was interesting. Um, it was a small seed stage and we used to joke that I didn't have a budget. ahead of a um, So it was all about being scrappy. And a lot of fun.
1: Kind of That's cool. figure out where you go. Very cool. And now um, some of the brands you've most recently worked with and current positions in your roles there.
2: Yeah. So that startup was acquired about two and a half years ago by a company called Insight Squared out of Boston. And then um, Insight Squared was acquired about six months ago by MediaFly, where I am currently. So at my third company with some of the same same technology, the same people, and a lot of the same vision still intact. Um, Different name on the you know, email alias, but, and rather than 20 people were 200 plus all over the world. So, uh, currently run brand, all content events, uh, social design, uh, you name it.
1: Very cool. That, that's awesome. So when we talk about brand, I mean, there's a lot of dimensions of brand. Uh, there's like brand identity, there's brand equity, there's the, you know, what, there's brand promise, right? It's like what the, the customer gets. How do you define brand? Uh, it's it's more than just logos. It's more than just style guide. There's so much more to it. What's your, how do you look at brand as uh, a an element to uh, an organization and why it's important for growth and objectives?
2: Well, I mean, we like to say brand is tomorrow's demand, right? So you were building up the company in... You know, you've got to focus on pipeline today, right? You've got to meet the quarter, you've got to meet the year, you've got to have those projections, you have to help those deals move through. But ultimately, what your brand is doing is identifying those customers, uh, potential customers from much later, um, identifying your space in the market, where you play, who you want to compete with, who you want to partner with, um, how you bring that all together. So, You know, I I think people used to have this mindset that brand is just run by marketing, but brand is everybody's job. And so what we've really spent a lot of time doing is how do you connect what the product experience looks like? How do you connect what the onboarding experience looks like? The customer success profile. It really can't just be a logo. Um, You're not going to be successful with brand if you're just launching a new logo and a mission, vision, statement, a new website, and walking out the door. It has to be Carried through in pretty much every part of the experience.
1: That's awesome. And I've heard the statement before. It's like brands are made. Like that whole making of a brand is like the hard work and it's the, the blood, sweat, the tears, the efforts, the campaigns, the audience building. There's so much to to building a brand. What in that sort of making of brands are you very passionate about that you stay in that space and and want to be working with
2: them? yeah so you know for me it's really about what's the story you want to tell so people don't you know there's very few brands yes people are going to connect with netflix they know they go log on into their tv but they're for most especially when in the world of b2b there's very few brands that people are passionate about get excited about so you know you think about social media how many brands do you actually follow on social media people don't follow brands they follow people um so the it really boils down to what's the story you're trying to tell. And then how do you tell it in different ways so that it's meaningful to the person that you're trying to connect with? Um, that's the piece that I tend to spend a lot of time in is back up, But, you know, it's not just about throwing together a sales pitch, a PowerPoint. If that's what you're starting with, then you're going to be in trouble. Um, you need to go back and write the story. And if somebody could tell it without slides, how would they present it? Uh, the good old elevator pitch, you know, is a great way to start, but really it should, a whole conversation. You should draw people in. So they get little bits and then eventually um, they want to hear more. They want to hear more.
1: I love that. And I love that, that um, remove the slides, right? Take slides out. How would you describe your brand? What's your brand? um, What does it mean in, in words, right? In the, the ways that we communicate. Uh, I I feel like oftentimes when folks go through brand creation or brand integration, it's like, you know, what's our sl- slide deck going to look like, which logo, which colors, you know, the, uh, the visual aspects, super important, but, but how would you articulate the brand um, and in a way that sort of humanizes uh, the company?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're starting with slides, you're, you're putting yourself in, in fair world of hurt. So it isn't, and even the brand guides, those are great, but those should be evolving. Um, they should take feedback. They should adjust. So the brand guide that we have, you know, we've, We've recently brought together a number of acquisitions. Um, so while I said that I came over in um, January as part of the recent acquisition, we actually made another acquisition last month. And um, that's five acquisitions for Mediafly as a company. And they've all been treated a little bit differently. Some of them maintain their web presence. Some of them have maintain their emails. Um, when you kind of, some of them, the product names haven't changed or hadn't changed. And so it created unnecessary friction for the buyer. Um, ultimately, there were situations where the buyer would come in and they say, well, wait, am I? is the scope of work that I'm signing with you, am I signing a separate one for this other component that I really want to add on because it's it's a great partnership, it's great together. Um, and we were creating this unnecessary friction. So as part of, you know, we went, just went through a pretty big uh, brand exercise where we were bringing these all together and creating a cohesive naming convention um, kind of peeling back the the brand names that had been associated with the acquisitions that had come in before, and ultimately looking at it from the buyer's perspective, from the customer's perspective, what makes the most sense for them? How do they, you know, recognize that this is a single platform and this is all connected? When when the names don't make sense together, um, yeah. of course they're going to have those questions.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And there there was a strategy, and it, it's really interesting. We we talked about first coming on the podcast. Um, you had gone through an acquisition and in the middle of us talking about having you and you being here, you went through another one. So I love this. It's, it's super relevant and topical right now. Um, So I feel like there's definitely a framework of cheat codes in here that we want to unpack. And, you know, I think about, you know, why do brands uh, integrate rebrand and maybe like the uh, taking the best of both worlds, like the one plus one equals three. And, Or maybe, you know, let's celebrate change. Let's celebrate uh, the change of our brands, the integration of our change, uh, doing that, looking at the individual, like brand equity in all of the component parts of the acquisitions, sort of going beyond um, to that next level of what it now means. Uh, What are some of the, I'll call it, first steps of now you, three companies, three brands coming together? What's the first thing? Like, The sequencing of it, I think, is really interesting. What's the first thing? Probably it starts. Some of it started before you made the acquisition. Therefore, that you knew why you did. You've um, carved out projects to go there, but when now you've got these three brands to bring together. What's that? This first that first step of what do we do?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the first step is assessing your audience, and it's not just one audience. So when you're talking about Acquisitions, you're you're talking about a lot of different audiences. You've got employees, you've got prospects, you've got current customers, you've got the community, you've got partners, you've got investors, and you times that by two, right? You have that for the acquirer and the company that's being acquired. And each of those need to get a slightly different message. So it's not... You need to be careful. You need to go in and assess the brand. So you talked about brand equity. Um, each of these acquisitions is a little bit different in terms of the size of the company, the... You know, you can go look at the traffic on the website Are they is are really valid, credible leads coming in. In some of our cases, um, previous users have been a really strong uh, channel for new leads that go to a new company. They come back and they say, hey, I used you at company X. Now I'm at company Y. Yeah. You can't assume that those people are aware of the acquisition. Like acquisitions are great. They're exciting. They're really exciting to the people that work at the companies but is it exciting to the market? Is somebody else paying attention to it? At what level? Um, So I think that in most cases, we we retend to start slow. It's not a rip it all off. It's not a change a website, because again, going back to you don't wanna create unnecessary friction. So how do you start to tie the pieces together so that the experience is connected, I think is really a first step. It's going and observing and understanding who are my audiences, what's important for them to hear, what are they looking for? Um, you know, you think about the current customers, their, their concerns are, is my login going to change? Is the product experience going to change? Am I still going to be able to get the data or services that I've paid for? Um, yes, that's great that you told me down the road there's this integration and this roadmap and this opportunity to either get more or buy more or buy some complimentary solutions. But what does this mean for me today, tomorrow? Because I have a job to do. Um, same thing with the employees. They're looking for, you know, is my boss changing? Are my benefits changing? Um, what is this company? How, what is the experience? Like I went to Glassdoor and raving reviews. That's great. I love seeing that. But what does this mean for me? Are my direct reports still the same? Um, how does my day to day? And I think before you go in and make some big change to the brand, you need to be really careful about who you're talking to and what they need to hear. Um, you know, there are some really great steps in terms of like revisiting the mission and vision and values. Is that still is that still in Is our ideal customer still the same? Right. Um, in our case, we also introduced a new cross selling motion. So, you know, historically, before you have multiple products, you're not going to be that focused on. You may expand within an account, but bringing new complementary solutions isn't always an opportunity. Now we've got this great set of multiple customer bases who are excited about additional solutions that they have, but that's a different sales motion too. So how do you come in and introduce that? Yeah, um, I
1: love these, some of these cheat codes you already dropped. Is uh, we'll call it number one: it's remove. What is the possible friction we're going to experience? Then number two cheat code is you focused you focus on the people. You in, in what you said, you're focusing on your customers from the various different brands, as well as your internal folks, because it's change for everybody. And it's like that internally, it's that organizational capacity for change, which is really going to be criti- a critical success factor in the integration of these these companies. And then I call it like not shipping the org chart to your customers there, where they see your internal dysfunctions and or, things we didn't think of, things we didn't anticipate. Yeah. Um, and some of those other things that could potentially go wrong where they sort of see the integration happening and they're feeling the pain and they shouldn't be.
2: Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, there are all four celebrating an acquisition, right? Day one, your Twitter and LinkedIn explode and people are congratulating you. But then what happens after that, that makes people feel like this is the right path? Because reality is most acquisitions aren't successful or they take months and, months and they promise this integration that doesn't really come together. So we have a playbook um, that we've built because M&A has been such a part of our strategy that really, you know, details this in terms of where do you go? How do you go in and assess all the sales collateral? How do you go in and assess the demand gen plan? You know, how do you onboard the teams so that if you're, are your sellers going to continue to be, um, Siloed, or are they going to sell all the products? What do you need to go? What enablement needs to happen? Um, That's you know from the SDRs, from the the AEs and sales team, the customer success. Then we start to go in and look at websites. You know, are we? What do we want to do to drive these together? Are the marketing automation systems connected? Did you just acquire somebody? You have HubSpot and they have Marketo. How are you going to tie these together? How are you going to tie various CRM instances? So there's a whole you know, from a marketing side of things, you've got this tech stack roadmap that you have to tie together too. I've been
1: there. Yeah, I've been there with all that data. Uh, I've seen sort of six different companies, uh, CRMs come together over time and just like the sheer risk and creation of um, really dirty data. Uh, And if that's not handled, uh, then it really impacts front lines, execution and uh, communication. So all the underpinnings like, systems and data are massively important there as well.
2: Yeah, I think you hit it. It dirty data can derail a lot of this. So, you know, from a brand standpoint, you want to say, oh, this is not my job, this is somebody else's job. But if we from any type of acquisition, you need to be working cohesively together. And then you need to understand where each of these customers or prospects came from. Because if they're used to getting an email from company A, Company A is now part of Company B, but you go send that mass, you know, the marketing automation email that goes out and it comes from company B, they're not aware. Then they click the unsubscribe list. And all of a sudden your, um, your unsubscribe rates are going way up too, because they don't recognize the brand. So how do you balance that? Um, it's an in interesting some of the, list.
1: yeah, let's um, I think there's a cheat absolute cheat code there in um, the what systems like what CRM gets pulled forward because you're rationalizing tech stack, you're rationalizing portfolio you need, don't need multiple CRMs. You've got to inter, integrate data. Uh, there's absolutely a cheat code in um, all of the systems, technology, infrastructure coming together. Let's talk about some of the the di- human. I'll call it difficulties of and or like um, emotional aspects of brands coming together. I've had experiences where uh, I've had to integrate brands, and these were like founder brands. These folks, this was their baby. They grew this thing up and then they brought it to market and then it grows and grows. And then another organization wants to do inorganic growth. So they buy them, bring them together and create the synergy. Then uh, you've got the acquiring brand who evolved from um, from someplace too. And now you're in a room here and you're, there's like this consensus versus We don't want consensus and making decisions when you're thinking about what to do what what is there a cheat code there in driving towards outcomes of brand integration um, you know and this idea of what what could some of the impediments be or what could some of the mistakes in uh, and/ or biases of brand integration be
2: yeah it's a great question um you know, I think listening, first you go in and you listen, right? You observe, you kind of assess and you say where, how did this company get to where it is? Because, you know, there was, there was, is are the, was the acquisition because the technology is great, right? But the, they didn't have the budget to go to market. And so was there not quite product market fit and the product needs to go through some um, iterations and have some development done on it before it's ready to go. What are the customers saying? That's one of the favorite things I like to go do is um go interview their customers and ask them hey if you were going to describe this solution how would you describe it to your peers because when you listen to founders like you said i mean every founder is excited about their company and also what they created it to be based on what it evolved to be may not be you know the mindset might not be there so Go to the customers, ask that question and say, How would you decide, uh, describe this product? And then as you start to introduce and say, You know, we've come together, these two companies, here's the value that X brings. How do you see that fitting in? I think going and talking to your ICP and going to talk to the audience is going to get you out of the echo chamber and just listening to what people think is the message and really go hear it straight from the people you want to sell to.
1: It's like you're on a mission to find the essence, like the essence of value that can be locked up, can be found within customers because customers, they bought the brand, they bought the product. And sometimes they're the best ones who know the brand and can articulate its value, the why behind it and and really describe it. Um, And so I love how you said that. Get out of the echo chamber, go talk to customers, gather, um, gather that data, bring it and then. Uh, have you found that even, even after you've, we'll call it brought the best of the the mm-hmm. essence of brands together, that it's still difficult to make decisions. And then how do you, um, in terms of like moving, making a decision, moving past it, committing to it, is there a cheat code there to driving not just consensus, but like outcomes?
2: Yeah. Th- um, I'm thinking on that one. So I think, I think where you're going is, Consensus driven cultures, you know, struggle. They struggle to execute. They spend too much time.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, They spend too much time discussing. And so at some point there has to be an alignment that, you know, we came together as one plus one for one plus one to really be three. There needs to be a look at this objectively in terms of not just where we are today, but where we want to go and what the market is telling us. Um, And then somebody needs to be in charge and make that decision and everybody has to be on board. So it it can be, you know, it's hard for founders to give up their company and to give up that control. And some of them design the logo themselves or put it out, you know, they and you have to kind of go back to them and say, this logo got you to where you are. But if we're going to build this company and take it from X in ARR to Y, which is going to what we're all here to do, grow the company, then you got to trust me on this. Um, and I think what that got us
1: here won't get us there.
2: Yeah, exactly. So those conversations can be hard, but the sooner you have them, as long as they're done with respect, I think that you, you set the whole path on, you know, you set the whole, um, process on the right path.
1: That's cool. So in a scenario now where you've integrated brands, you're moving, is there a, you know, brands are always evolving, et cetera, and uh, need refreshed. When do you know, uh, you've brought brands together. When do you know we're ready to put some investment in the brand? Um, maybe you want to open up a new market. Maybe you want. To, maybe you've done more market research and you found out that there's a perception you're looking to uh, to change. Given it's not truly being seen by the market, when do you know you're ready for a brand evolution? Uh, once you get to, I'll call it a a new steady state of being integrated as a company. Sort of, you're up and running you're on the road and like you don't want to change too early right you want to like let yourself get some exposure out there and experience in the market but when do you know hey we should probably make some investments here again and do a, a little evolution to it
2: yeah i think it's i mean again i hate to go back to you listen to other people but it is really hard to assess that when you're sitting in a company and everything you see every email has your brand on it, right? So you need to backtrack um, and go and see what the market is doing. In some cases, we've watched competitors make very similar acquisitions to what we made. That is signaling that the market is is looking for this, right? There's consolidation happening. Um, and so it's an opportunity to go in and say, yes, this is stronger. When you start to hear from customers who say, yes, I bought this, but now I really want to hear more about your other solution that you put together. And instead of going to them and saying that solution's called why you know we're coming at you with this integrated brand and this new experience and we want you to share and grow with us um you know ultimately you want to simplify for everybody and you want that answer to be easy and you want everybody to be able to speak the same language so um maintaining a lot of brands is expensive and you lose control you know it's it's very hard to maintain control over that so I think um, for the growth it's it's time to invest and in, and take that to the next level, and you know, carry that excitement forward.
1: Absolutely. What are some if you when you look back upon this, uh, all these brands you brought together, companies brought together. What are some things you would have done differently? Um, are there any you know scenarios where you realized, hey, we could have uh, done something differently, got the better outcome? Any sort of hard one lessons learned you'd want to share? That could be also uh, cheat codes for for this.
2: Yeah, so it's it's probably not as much a developing the brand, but I think there is a big ICP alignment that needs to happen with customers. So um, there was a scenario where you know two companies, two of the acquisitions that I went through, we almost forced it by trying to go introduce a product and an experience in a way that that wasn't going to be beneficial to the buyer. So I think taking a step back and saying. Um, let's really map our audiences. And sometimes you're moving so fast, you skip that and you get excited about what there is. And the customers get excited too. They say, oh, I heard you just got acquired. You know, you just acquired X, tell me about it. And there needs to be a little bit more um, time spent on saying, you know, this is this is great. We're excited to bring this to market. We typically sell this into other, into companies that match this. And then I think you can make sure you're not over-promising or, you um, not able to deliver on what somebody may, even though they get excited about it. Um, the other thing, too, is especially when you're talking about logos and introducing new colors, I've seen it where there's been a lot of enthusiasm around the new logo that was introduced. And then before people could, before we could kind of get a hold of it, people started using it in a lot of different places, in places that it shouldn't be used, in um, color coding things. And so just remember, it's easy to share things on Slack and get. You want to get the company excited, but um, other people on the team and outside of the marketing team tend to take that and run with it, and it's hard to once once the cat's out of the bag, it's really hard to reel it back in.
1: Yeah, well, I love those. The first one I'll just call it like audience integration. You can't look past integrating these new audiences now that you've created around your brands and go going back out to them, re messaging, repositioning, and um, yeah, yeah. then this. You know this this last one is around just the management of the brand, the brand assets, uh, getting it out there. That's, uh, um, we, in a previous podcast, we had one of our uh, Primo's customers on, uh, Amerisource Bergen, and they went through a full rebranding, right? Big billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company. And that was also one of their hardest things to do, which was manage the brand as it was being rebuilt and put out there. Stuff gets out in the wild and then you got to reel it back in and, (laughs) You know, it's uh
2: yeah, not all not all of us are multi billion dollar brands with the the resources there. So, um,
1: but the problem's the same. You know, the and is the same. absolutely. So, uh, last question: When's your next acquisition? <laughs> That's confidential, <laughs> I'm sure. We don't yeah, have to. Little,
2: so, you know, here's here's what I will say: is that um, you know, it's part of our. We are looking at this from a customer standpoint, and customers are coming to us with pains, and our architecture is built really easily for integration. So we, you know, assess every one of those and we're saying, okay, build it or buy it is, and you know, given the economy right now and the market, I think that if you're a marketer and you're not prepared for m like that is something that, you know, we have a great playbook and we are um, taking this in economic environment seriously because there are definitely point tools that are gonna be looking for homes. And if it's an opportunity to bring it onto our platform and provide more to the customers, um, that's that's there. So. I think it's something all marketers should kind of have in the back of their head. And that call when the CEO calls and says, "Hey, I want you to check out this website. And what do you think of it? Hint, hint. Um, you want to be ready to go."
1: That's awesome. I got to get my hands on that playbook. We're going to have to drop that pl- a link to the playbook if it's in a physical asset <laughs> into the show notes here. Uh, Lindsay, it was awesome having you on. Uh, where can folks get in touch with with you?
2: Yeah, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Um, Maybe you can include that in the follow-up and, you know, at MediaFly, um, ltishgart at MediaFly.com. And love to hear from everyone.
1: Awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for dropping the cheat code bombs on us. Super valuable.
2: Thanks, Ed. Talk to you later.
0: Thank you, everyone, for joining us today for another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes. I want to thank our guests for their time and everyone out there in a primo land for listening. This episode was written, mixed, and produced by Glenn McManus. Our associate producer is Noah Horberg. Our production coordinator is Izzy Herbst. And our creative director is Sunny Okamoto. Our series is hosted by Ed Briald, And I'm your co-host, Sam Chapman. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us or review us everywhere you listen to podcasts and be sure to keep the conversation going by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss or want to be a guest, head on over to the URL in the episode description and drop us a line. Until next time, thanks for listening.